Hey guys, welcome to episode 99 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at FanBolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with Last One to Leave the Theater.com and ATLCW.tv. Can't believe it's episode 99. <laughs> 99. Where's the, the 99 red balloons? I know, right? We need. I feel like we should have celebrated this one too because we're graduating into the triple digits. Yeah. But, um, we're gonna do something really cool next week, so all of that is still coming together. Um, AK, we have no idea what we're doing yet, but it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I suggested drinking. Well, there's definitely going to be drinking. That's I the mean, easy thing to do. Celebrate. That's definitely. I think Mike is the party animal out of the three of us, <laughs> based upon the discussions we've had about this. Um, but anyways, uh, let's focus on this week. Um, let's start out with the Atlanta Film Festival, which wrapped up last Sunday, and we can we can talk about our our favorite films of the festival. And um, I I also got to be a jury member for um, the best documentary short, which was a really cool experience because I actually got to sit in a room this year and like debate it out with um, two other jurors, which was a really cool experience. Um, I like literally phoned it in last year when I emailed in my picks, but um, I'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about our, our favorite films that we saw. Uh, Mike, what was your favorite film? Um, well, I, I love the opening night film, um, which was um, blind, blind spotting. But um, actually, the film that blew me away was Liana. And that's a film that is a documentary about some orphans in Africa. Um, up, so basically, in Swaziland, which is in the southern portion of Africa, uh, that country only has a population of 1.3 million people. And of that 1.3 million people, 200,000 of them are orphans. Um, a large percentage of the population uh, has contracted has uh, got AIDS and then there's a lot of other strife and and things going on so a lot of children are losing their parents and a lot of them are losing them very early on um, and this film was about uh, this orphanage and they invite a storyteller to come to the orphanage and then the storyteller helps the children create a folktale and that folktale was then animated and it's just a wonderful film. Shows you the resiliency of children, and um, it's a it's just a really really wonderful film. I I just loved it. What about you, Matt? So I actually talked about my favorite film last week, which was Blind Spotting, and um, after seeing some more films, it still remains my favorite film of the full festival. Um, I just I just fell in love with it. It was fantastic. Um, there's actually a trailer now, because as last week I was saying, like, how oh, there's I knew nothing about this film going into it. There was no trailer. There was nothing really to go on what this film was about. Well, they officially released a trailer finally for it, so you can go check that out. Um, it comes out July twentieth um, theatrically, so this is one you definitely want to have on your radar to see. Um, but another film I saw at the festival that I really liked was Would You Be My Neighbor? Which is the documentary on Mr. Rogers, which is just fantastic. I mean, even if you don't like Mr. Rogers, which I don't think there is anybody who falls into that category, <laughs> but, like, it is just... It's a wonderful documentary, and it's just... It's so heartwarming that, like, you can't help but smile. And, like, it's just one of those feel-good movies that you just fall in love with. And so, like, especially, like, in now, today's day and age where, like, everything is all doom and gloom. It's, like, to see a movie like that, like this, it's just, it's just great. And, like, it just cements everything Mr. Rogers stood for. Like, he was exactly how he was off screen as he was on screen and it's just it's just a really good film yeah um i'm sorry uh, i just wanted to say there's uh, there's um three films that i know that are going to be released 
um, naturally. Um, Tully, which we really, uh, I really enjoyed. Um, that's with uh, um, Charlize Theron um, and Mackenzie Davis, uh, which is a really good film. Uh, another film is called Eighth Grade. That was the closing night film. Um, that was a wonderful film about the last week of a, of a girl's uh, eighth grade um, and how she's basically creating all these uh, these uh, YouTube videos to try to give herself self-confidence and try to be a little bit more outspoken and stuff. And then another film that I really liked was uh, Hearts Beat Loud, um, which uh, was was a wonder, wonderful performance. Um, really good film. So be looking for these, these films that are going to be coming out. Oh, also the, the documentary RBG, which is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is amazing. Um, well, I yours. I'm, what was your favorite movie? Emma? <laughs> this is uh, Mike has been giving me so much, so much crap about this. So I would argue. So, so, that so, so, I let's, saw... so let's set this up, Emma. So Matt, Matt, how many how, Matt, how many films did you see at the film I festival? I think I saw ten, and I saw twenty four. So Emma, how many films did you see at the film festival? Each one of those documentary shorts counts as a film, Mike. So it does I not. 12. It's, <laughs> it's 12 films. <laughs> it does not. It counts as one film. It is one no, film program. I disagree. Okay, then I, I, I saw <laughs> then I saw probably about 200 films. That shocks no one. <laughs> no one that knows you is shocked by that number. Yes. Um, that is true. So, so yeah, I saw Tully. Um, I still saw and- 10 films. <laughs> so I didn't see any of the shorts. There were some really, really good shorts. There were, um, there were some really... I, there were a couple of uh, clunkers, as you usually are, but most of the shorts were ex- actually excellent this year. We, had, we actually had kind of a, a tough debate um, when we were trying to pick the best documentary short, and the one that ended up winning was um, Zion, which is a... It's a portrait of Zion Clark, who's a young wrestler who was born without legs, and really, like, he, he, there's not really anything below his ribcage. So it's it's a fascinating story from that perspective. But he also grew up in foster care as well, and he didn't really have a sense of family, and he ended up kind of finding that through his high school wrestling team. So it's it's a really like beautiful, inspirational story with a, a really great positive message and outlook and. Netflix has actually picked it up, and it's going to be um, on Netflix a little bit later this year. But it was kind of an interesting discussion we had, because it was between that and then there was another film um, that was a National Geographic film, um, The Last Honey Hunter. And uh, obviously National Geographic, it was a very beautifully shot film. Every single you know frame could have been a, a piece of art. And all of the other ones, um, of course, were uh, smaller in budget, obviously, and um, just it's it was so difficult to compare them when you're looking at something that like Netflix has picked up or something that National Geographic did, and then you're comparing it to like the the smaller films, which some of which were very creative and very much kind of pushing um, pushing the boundaries of, of this category, but it was just really hard to compare them. And we were kind of talking about how we almost felt like it should be more budget constrained. Like, obviously you don't want to divide these categories up into a thousand small categories, but it seems unfair to put something with a high budget up against something with a small budget, because obviously the one with the higher budget is probably better. Well, well, if Zion ends up at the Oscars, we have you to thank then. You do. You do. Cause it now, now qualifies for that because of, of our, our choosing it to win. Um, it is a really great film though. And so it was, it was one that we all agreed on. And, um, but there were some really great films in that category. It, it kind of just, it like makes me a little bit angry. We couldn't have like acknowledged some more of the, uh, the smaller ones that, um, there were a few that are names are, are totally skipping my mind right now. Um, but if you look up, the shorts that aired at the Atlanta Film Festival, every single one of them was incredible, and it was it was a really tough pick for us. Anywho, just wanted to 
to say that because I found that process incredibly difficult and I hate picking one thing. It's like you're, when you when someone asks you what's your what's your favorite film and you're like, oh, well, let me tell you my 17 favorite <laughs> movies. You just can't yeah. compare them. It's anyways, enough about that. Um, I the last thing I did at the Atlanta Film Festival, we had a new Mavericks dinner on Sunday night, which was really cool. It was all female only at um, this restaurant called The Establishment here in in Midtown. And um, I made some really great contacts there and some great I had some great conversation and then literally came home packed and left first thing Monday morning for Vegas. Um, I was working with Samsung out there at CinemaCon or CinemaCon. Um, they were unveiling their the North American unveiling of this uh, new cinema technology they have, which is all LED based, and it's a truly incredible screen. Um, and I'll kind of dive into the more details about that in a minute. But I had never heard of this convention before, and apparently, like it is, it's all Hollywood A list. It was insane how many celebrities were there. The entire Ocean's, you know, eight cast. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Quentin Tarantino, uh, I think Ryan Reynolds was there today. Um, Ryan Gosling was there yesterday. Tom Cruise, the cast of, uh, you know, Mission Impossible, Bradley Cooper. I could go on and on and on. Like literally every single Hollywood A-lister was there. And I'd never heard of this thing before. (laughs) Um, at its core, what this convention was about is really a lot of the, um, it's, it's mostly executives who own movie theater chains you know regal amc um landmark all of all of those companies kind of come to this and it's a a little bit of a technology show in the sense that you know they're pitching the latest and greatest seats to have in your theater and you know this led technology that samsung has or you know the best projector lights to have in your projector or how to get rid of the odor in your movie theater (laughs) or like just like all of these um uh, products that kind of revolve around the space, but then the studios come in and they showcase. You know, they do a bunch of uh, trailer unveilings and even show parts of movies um, that are coming out. You know, months and months from now to to try to kind of woo the the, the executives for for better placement and better promotion in their theaters. So it was a really interesting kind of dynamic, and um, a lot of press came out of it the last few days. Um, a lot of trailers that have have recently been um, dropped online came from it as well. Um, but or all of that mostly being... discussed. That's the thing. Like, it's like Comic Con almost, where they they'll reveal the trailers, but they won't actually release a lot of them. So like, yeah, I've been it's... hearing like descriptions of said trailers online and stuff, and it's like, oh, just release the yeah. trailer because I want to see it for myself. It's uh, a lot of rough footage. Like they showed a yeah. bunch of um, the new Aquaman standalone. Um, film that uh, it was just rough footage and showcasing like how much of the film is actually going to be set underwater which I heard was, I wasn't in this um, this panel but um, so much stuff that I guess is like rough footage and meant to kind of you know build up buzz and then mm-hmm. who knows when the trailers will actually surface but it, it's kind of crazy you go uh, into these things surface, Aquaman surface. <laughs> see what I did there? that was no, a good one catch it <laughs> Um, not intentional that time. Um, but yeah, they won't let you take any kind of electronics in. You can't, you know, tape anything. All, all the photos that come out of it um, are photos from, like, the uh, the actual staff photographer and all of that. So it's it's very top secret. Um, but yeah, I'm totally going to go next year because, holy cow, that was amazing. And it's, it's, uh, it's not something I, that I think the general public can go to without spending an arm and a leg. Um it, it's more really industry focused, so it's not like a like a Comic Con or, or one of those types of conventions. Um, but I do want to talk about Samsung for for a minute because this technology was super super cool, and getting to kind of see it. Obviously, it's all LED based, and there's no projector. And what that ends up meaning is that the picture quality is so much more like the, the colors are so vivid. Um, it's everything in the 3d especially the 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 depth that you see in it i've never been one for really going to see 3d movies on my own obviously if we don't have like a screener i'm gonna pick you know the 2d version to go see if i'm gonna pay to go see it because i just don't really feel like it's really worth it um to pay that extra amount but seeing 3d films um the samples that they showed us on the screen 
there's so much detail that gets lost um, the way we, we see it now, like in the shadows that now you can see with, with this Onyx technology, it's called Samsung Onyx. And it's just, it, it's like I've never seen 3D before, before I is saw it, it on the Is screen. it still, still glasses or have they gone glassless? It's still glasses. It's still glasses, um, but it's just so much brighter and, and more vivid and the blacks are so much richer. It's like, that's a big industry term too, like having true black. I've learned so much about like <laughs> the ins and outs of cinema technology in, in the last few days, which is really fascinating. Um, and definitely not something that I even really thought about before, but it's one of those things that like, you don't realize what you're missing until you find out what you're missing. And when you see something that looks as amazing as, as what I saw in the, in the demo that they gave us on Tuesday, I was like, how can I watch movies on like anything else now? Like it's, it's like, it's that good. eh? It's that good. It's like, you know, only watching something in black and white and then you watch it in color and you're like, oh my God, I can never go back. And it's, it was that degree of amazing for me. So I'm excited to see um, this technology slowly get adopted, hopefully uh, somewhere here in Atlanta in the near future so we can see, see some movies on it. But I think right now they have a 34-foot screen and they're coming out with a 46-foot, I think that's the right number, something like that, a little bit later this year. And they have, um, I believe it's Chatsworth. California, they have one of these already installed, and that was the first one in North America. So hopefully, it'll be spreading throughout the country. And it's definitely something I recommend checking out if you, if, if there's one that you know opens in your area, definitely check out a movie on this because it's it's just so freaking beautiful. That's, did they I mean, I think, did they show you movies, or was they, it like you know those pre pre made clips that are you know playing in electronic stores where it's like basically they're specifically geared to show you like the best of the best there was um well we went into it thinking that we were going to be watching a movie and we looked at our schedules and it was only about 30 minutes so we figured they were going to show us the first 30 minutes of something um and then we got in there and they showed us kind of a like a sizzle reel almost to kind of showcase you know certain effects and what Mm -hmm. they would look like and then they they kind of showed us they took clips from movies, um, you know, Planet of the Apes and um, uh, Prometheus, and was Prometheus, um, and kind of showed us the difference between watching them in like you know regular HDR 3D and like what all what the differences were, so you can kind of see you know next to each other like what they what it actually looks like and and the improvement of it. Um, so it was just clips from various films, which, you know, I was really hopeful that I was going to get to watch the entire <laughs> Avengers in this, um, since I missed the Avengers screening. I did not, but um, they did show us a bunch of kind of like promo reels too that really showcased some of the some of the uh, effects that just look absolutely amazing on it. I, I mean, I think any movie will look incredible on the screen, but I think for genre stuff and for sci-fi, it's going to be really a game changer because of how real it looks. Very cool. Was it was it all in three D? No, no. Because um, three D looks it's, uh, Yeah, because you know, there's only th- this year. There's only going to be two movies that are actually shot in three D. Um, where you right. know, and last year there's only one movie that was shot. Whereas in like 2016 there was like twelve. It's really. Well, I feel like it's. It's something, I feel like a lot of, of the movie-going population kind of agrees with, with what I said. Like, unless it really looks that much more amazing, then it's not worth the extra money to go see it. But if it's something that truly is a better movie-going experience and the film really looks that much better, then, yeah, it's totally worth it. It's just, it hasn't been before this, in we'll my ha- opinion. We'll have all the Avatar sequels. Those will probably be in 3D. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Um, anyways, enough about that. That was my Vegas trip. Um, I also got to, uh, do a little bit of gambling and I lost 20, $29.94 for those of you that are curious. <laughs> I like got down to six cents and I was like, there's nothing I can do with this. Like even the penny slots, like you have to spend multiple pennies <laughs> to do anything with it. It's not truly a penny slot. Um, 
Anyways. Well, I think it's because you didn't take my suggestion. What was your suggestion? To, to put it on red. <laughs> Roulette scares me. I feel like that's just like, I don't know. I used to play craps um, when I've been there in previous years, and I've, I've had a fair amount of luck at craps, but... I also have had a fair amount of luck at slot machines before, too, and my takeaway is basically the first few times you go to Vegas, you have beginner's luck, and then the fourth <laughs> time you go, it just all falls apart. No. <laughs> so that was my experience, at least. But anyways, moving right along. Um, let's, uh, let's dive into our weekend box office re- report. I know... Uh, I think it, it fell pretty close to what you guys said was going to happen. Um, a Quiet Place, of course, was in first uh, with $20.9 million. Rampage coming in second with $20 million. I Felt Pretty in at third with $16 million. And Super Troopers 2 with $15 million, which I don't I think is a lot higher than Mike thought it was going to be. I, I said it was going to be higher than predicted because of the fan base. And it looks like I was right. You were right. It actually, its uh, its production budget was thirteen point five million, so it's already surpassed that, which is, which is great for a film that you know the original one was so many moons ago. Yeah. But um, did that surprise you at all, Mike? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I thought I feel pr- I feel pretty would do a little bit. Well, I didn't think Rampage would do. I thought Rampage actually would drop more than it did. I mean, it dropped almost forty four percent. But I thought Rampage, because the word of mouth on Rampage was really bad. Um, and I thought it would drop a lot more. Um, but, you know, I'm usually pretty good at predicting, but on Super Troopers 2, I wasn't. Well, you called it right with A Quiet Place being in first. Um, that has now grossed over $130 million and had a production budget of $17 million. So I saw an interesting conversation online, and please don't do any spoilers with this because like i have i still have to see this this movie um for but, quiet like, place yeah people are talking about wanting a sequel to it no they actually just announced they're doing a sequel to it today did they yeah that paramount is working on a sequel so i think they actually announced mean? it at CinemaCon. <laughs> yeah that doesn't surprise which me. <laughs> i i mean it the it ends perfectly so like I feel there's no need to do a sequel and like them doing a sequel is just going to ruin like they're just going to basically try to copy exactly what they did with a quiet place and it's like I don't know I just don't see them I don't see it the same having the same effect yeah um I mean I'm sure I mean maybe if like that, if they get everybody gross. to return for it like if they get John Krasinski back to and then the entire family like if he's directing again and everybody's starring in it and they have the same writers then maybe they can make something happen but that's that's a big maybe right there's usually usually sequels are a lot worse than their the originals there's a few exceptions um Godfather 2 Aliens uh, but, Terminator it, yeah Terminator but um, that's that's the rare rare case. It's normally sequels are not as good because they're usually not an original idea. They're they're trying to work off of the world that's already been created, and usually the people that are involved with the first one are either not involved at all or less involved. Um, so it's always uh, it's always tricky to do sequels, and not every movie there shouldn't be a, a sequel to every movie. There shouldn't be, but when you when you make a movie for seventeen million and then week three it's grossed over one hundred and thirty million, uh, I I see like the studios, yeah. you know, they're they're pretty wide eyed at this. But I just from what I know of of this, I I don't feel like a sequel is a good idea. But I don't, yeah, no, that's just me. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. But um. What are you guys? Obviously, Avengers is <laughs> coming going. in first. Wonder, wonder what's going to be first. <laughs> no, um, it's going to be a quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys thinking a quiet place will be in second place? Yeah. To it? Or do you? Or do yeah. you think it'll fall further than that? Yeah, it'll be in second. I, th- I think it's. I think it's going to be uh, second place is going to be down to a quiet place, and I feel pretty. 
Um, they're both, you know, I think they'll be, both do, and they're going to drop, both of them are going to drop off pretty big. I think that you're talking now, you're in the single digits. Um, Everything's going to drop off. Right, right. Well, and that's the other thing is that um, you have to realize that on Friday and Saturday, just how many screens are going to be devoted to Avengers Infinity War? If it's like Black Panther, um, when Black Panther, the first week in Black Panther, on that Saturday, when when they got to 7 o'clock, all the screens in Atlantic Station, which is 21 screens, were all Black Panther. And I have a feeling they're going to do the same thing. So even if you wanted to go see A Quiet Place or I Feel Pretty, you're not going to have necessarily have screens this weekend to see them. Right. Well, on that note, um, what are your your estimates for what Avengers will do this weekend? Um, I'm, just, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking the range of like two forty, two forty five. I'm gonna say over two fifty. Boom. One dollar. One dollar. Price is right. No, I think it's uh, <laughs> I think you guys are pretty spot on in those estimates. Um, well, speaking of Avengers, actually, you know what? Let's save Avengers for last, um, since that's kind of a, a big closing film to do. Um, you guys saw another little film uh, that comes out this week as well. Um, surprisingly, it's is it, it's going to compete with Avengers. Um, Mike, do you want to set this one up for us? Sure. So um, the movie is Lean on Pete. And so there's a, uh, there's a teenage kid he's kind of troubled his name is charlie he's played by uh, charlie Plummer, and um he meets a what i would say is cantankerous horse trainer played by steve bashimi um and basically asks for a job and they start uh he starts working for this horse trainer to make extra money because charlie's father is always out of work and um so they need the money and he falls in, um, Charlie falls in love with a quarter horse named Lean on Pete. And, but the problem is if, that, if Lean on Pete doesn't start winning, the horse is going to be sold. And Charlie would do just about anything to, um, to, save, um, to save the horse. And it's a very, uh, it's a great performance by Charlie Plummer. He, he's this young actor and he does an incredible job. Um, he's in literally every scene in the film, and um, he's he's once already won some awards. He won Best Young Actor uh, at the Venice Film Festival last year for this film. Um, so it's just a really cool little film. Cool. Um, well, were you guys were you guys bored at all watching this one? Or are you pretty entertained throughout? I was bored. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt did not like this film. I was not a fan of this movie. Um, I was just bored. It is a very slow movie. I like the the horse racing aspect of it. I like the whole all that stuff. And then once it gets away from that, it starts to fall apart for me. And to be honest, I was not impressed by Charlie Plummer in it. You know, I liked him better in the um, All the Money in the World because he was in that as well. Like I thought he was better in that than in Lean on Pete. And it was just. I was just bored the entire film. It's and yeah, so I was not a fan of it. <laughs> Obviously I wasn't, so um <laughs> we we differ on this, this. I mean, you guys disagree on a lot of films. So, I I'm not I'm not too surprised here. Um were you guys rolling your eyes at all in this one? Um I mean, I won't there wasn't much eye roll in it, in it to be honest, because I mean it is a very grounded movie, you know. Um, so there isn't much eye rolling. Yeah, I, I didn't have any eye rolling in it at all. Uh, best actor or worst actor in this one? I'm, I'm a, assuming it's going to be the lead since what Mike said, but I'm gonna give it to the horse. <laughs> Matt really didn't like this movie, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving it to Charlie Plummer. I thought I thought he did a marvelous job. Um, it's it's uh, he he's got he has to 
in this film, he, he has a wide range of emotions, and there's a lot of stuff that happens to him um, that's bad. Um, it just seems like life just um, is pouring on on his, you know, it's pouring on his life, just bringing him down. Um, every turn he takes, um, it seems like something else is an obstacle in his way, um, just to live, much less to to be a, a productive life. Um, so I thought I thought he was I thought he was wonderful in this performance. Cool. Um, obviously, no Atlanta factor here in this one. Nope. Um, so overall, on the official Atlas scale, one being you hated it, and five being it was the best film ever. What would you guys give it? Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna give it like a one point five. I just I wasn't a fan of it. I'm going to give it a four. So there you go. Uh, one of the interesting things, and so this is a fun fact for you, Emma, is the film was shot. Okay. The film was shot in chronological order, which is very rare for a, a smaller indie film. So that's just. I feel, I feel like that's I, it's got to be helpful. I feel like to the actors to shoot it in order. I, it, it always amazes me how like that never happens and you shoot something completely out of order and I feel like you just kind of it's more difficult to kind of get yourself in sync with a character especially if you have a you know a, a big arc where you're making an emotional journey um anyways that's just my thoughts on it um all right well moving along to our big film of the week which has the most amazing trivia list I've ever seen <laughs> um should you even gonna, be looking at that, Emma? Because no, those often contain spoilers. So spoilers. Like, I, and you haven't seen it. A, I haven't seen it. I'm going to go check it out this weekend. Um, I'm like, I'm not... They actually have it split up into spoilers and non-spoilers. At least that's what it's telling me it is. I'm probably going to come across something. In the I wouldn't even it. trust that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to offer these two fun facts, and then I'm going to close this window so I don't spoil myself. Um, so my, my favorite one here is that Tom Holland was not allowed to read the script for Avengers Infinity War because he revealed too many secrets for Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep, that makes sense. Did, did, you, did right. you see the promotional video they did? And, uh, and so it's like, it's like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Tom Holland, and somebody else are all, uh, maybe it was uh, Cumberbatch. And they're all in this one room, and at one point, and they're all talking about the movie, and at one point, uh, Tom Holland has a piece of tape over his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> um, also, uh, another thing that I find really interesting, I mean, we've all seen the posters, we all knew this movie, you know, when we first heard about it, and we kept getting kind of blown away by how many people were going to be in this film. Um, according to Marvel, there are around 64 main characters in this movie, which is just insane. Um, so be before we dive into like the official description and all of this, I want to go ahead and ask this. Were you guys, was it like too many things going on in this movie with this many characters? Was it like too much? I didn't think so. And no, just... if, if anything, it's not enough, to be honest. Really? Like, that was one of my problems with the movie was that because they're doing all this stuff, like there there are a few instances instances where they just glance over some things and just reveal things and it's like, okay, you kinda need to stop and take a second to kinda explore these things. I wish they would have done. But because, you know, there are sixty four characters and there are there is so much going on. Like they kind of, I can understand why they just kind of throw things into the film. Yeah. Well, it, it would have probably been uh, multiple day days of watching a movie if they had really explored everything. I mean, yeah. with this many characters and all of the, the offshoot stories you have just so much content. Well, I, um, um, I, one of the things I really liked about the film is other than the bad guy Thanos, they they none, none of the characters dominate the movie. Like in the Avengers, like the first Avengers, Robert Downey Jr. really dominates that movie. He's always got the quick lines. Um, you know, he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of screen time. 
And in this movie, I thought they did a great job at spreading it all out um, to all the characters and all the characters being involved. And, um, you know, with the Guardians of the Galaxy and with Thor. And um, uh, I just thought it was a, a really, you know, a neat job of spreading, spreading the action and the storylines out to all the characters. Oh, that's that's surprising because um, I just feel like just looking at all the people in this movie I just I I don't see how that's possible <laughs> no they, they pull it, it off they pull it off no yeah it's <laughs> I believe you guys um, well Matt do you want to kind of set this one up for us and sure uh, tell everyone what it's about no, spoiler free we're doing <laughs> yeah, a spoiler yeah. free I am review. going to go line by line and do the entire <laughs> film for everybody <laughs> no. so um Avengers Infinity War, it's basically the culmination of the past 10 years and 18 films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And basically it sees Thanos, who we saw at the fir- at the end of uh, the Avengers way back in 2012. He's basically on a quest to gather the six Infinity Stones. So you have the Power Stone, the Space Stone, the Reality Stone, the Mind Stone, the Time Stone, and the Soul Stone. And so... If he gathers all six of these and puts them into his infi- into his gauntlet, basically he can wipe out half of all living creatures in the entire universe. And he wants to do this so he can bring a balance to the universe. And so basically the entire film is him on this quest to gather the Infinity Stones. And the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, basically every superhero we've seen up until now comes together to try and stop Thanos and his, his black order, which are, which is basically like his second in command. Um, he sends them to gather some of the infinity stones. And so it's everybody banding together to stop him and his army. And that's infinity war. Well, I can't imagine that you guys are bored during this. (laughs) No. Is that a fair assessment? That is a fair (laughs) assessment. I mean, the action in it is fantastic. The The story that they dedicate to Thanos is great. That was my favorite part of it. Um, the way they actually bring him together as a villain. Because, like, we've seen glimpses of Thanos in, you know, the Avengers. Um, he had his biggest role in Guardians of the Galaxy, where he was actually speaking and stuff. And, like, he seemed very much like a pushover in that movie. And, you know, everybody's always worried, like, the running gag over the past years has been, how many Infinity Stones does Thanos have? And it's always been zero. Because, like, he's done such a terrible job at gathering, getting these Infinity Stones, or having his people go out and get them. And so, like, up until now, he's been a running joke. And I feel like Infinity War stops that. Like, the story they give him is really, really good. Like, it's hard to get into this without spoiling things. <laughs> he's, he's, certainly one of the, he's certainly one of the best um, villains that they've ever had in the Marvel Universe. Um, he's, it, and, the, and Matt's right. They've, they've given him this story that you, you really feel that his character is fleshed out now. And, and, it's, it's a, and you understand what he's trying to do. Um, which in the past wasn't the case. I didn't quite understand it because I haven't read those comic books. But um, I just thought he, he's he's a great villain, and he's a worthy adversary to all the superheroes on the on on the good guy side. Cool. So, uh, were you guys rolling your eyes at all then, or were you pretty pretty content with this one? Um. Yeah, there's. I wasn't rolling my eyes really. I can't really think of any instances. It's no, very. It's... It, the humor is very Marvel humor, but it fits the movie, and it wasn't to the point like there's a great balance of humor and drama in this. Because like one of my main problems has always been okay. There's no like you don't feel the stakes when they have when everything is a joke. But right. they balance it out with the with Infinity War to where you really feel the stakes of this film. And I th- thoroughly enjoyed the Guardians in the Galaxy uh, lines because you could tell James Gunn wrote them. It had the same feel as the two mo- as the two movies. 
So it was they it was just perfect that their 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 stuff is some of the funniest stuff, especially with interacting with some of the other superheroes that they haven't met before. Um, that's that was that's a lot of fun, um, you know, especially uh, with uh, with uh, Star Lord and and his ego, uh, you know, and how he's got to be the center of attention basically. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Um, so I, 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 I had absolutely no eye rolling <laughs> and, and yes, the movie is long two hours and 35 minutes, I think, but it doesn't feel like two hours and 35 minutes. I didn't look at my watch once. No. So I, I never was going, when is this movie going to end? I, in fact, I was enjoying it so much. I didn't want it to end. How did this compare to other Marvel films for you guys? Like, I know we, after we saw Black Panther, we were kind of like rating our like top favorite Marvel films. Where does this kind of fall in, in your, well, the, in your ranking the, of other films? So the, the, pro, the problem with this film and, and of the critics that don't like this film, it, this film does feel incomplete to a well, certain extent, to a certain extent, right. cause we know I there's, mean, there's, we know there's going to be yeah. a part two. Um, yeah. So, but I've read a lot of reviews today um, that have felt like that it was an incomplete, that it wasn't a full movie, which I disagree with. I'm not saying I agree with that at all. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people that, that feel that way. Well, I think the problem is not that it's incomplete. It's that, let's see, how do I explain this without <laughs> saying... Spoiling yeah, anything. Exactly. Like... <laughs> There's no finality to it in the sense that you know already that, okay, like we already know that Ant-Man and Ant-Man and Captain Marvel, they're coming out next. Then we have the next Avengers. So like we already kind of know Marvel's schedule ahead of time. So like, you know, like you don't believe that, okay, this is what happened. You're already kind of in a state of disbelief that, okay, like, yeah, that happened, but I'm not going to believe it because you know that there's going to be something down the line. Let's just put right. it. Let's just put it this way: um, if you've got kids that are big fans in the Marvel universe, um, there, there, there may be some kids that are going to be really upset at the end of this movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, like I was still upset at the end of this movie. Yeah, well, like, I, I was too. Um, uh, and I was, it's not in a bad way. It's just that that's the way this storyline goes and we can't say any more. Um, in fact, yeah. we should probably get off the subject uh, of this, of this discussion because <laughs> I don't want to give too much away. So let's go, let's go, let's go Batman on. Batman dies. Let's go into, and it, it's very, it's very interesting because there, as far as I know, there's only, we were trying to figure this out, but there are three main characters in the Marvel Universe that do not appear in this film. And there's two characters, two of those characters, they explain why, but there's one character, and I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but there's one character that's never talked about, and I found that a little strange. Hmm. All right. I'm well. trying to think of who you're talking about. Well, I, we can't talk about it, so yeah. we'll, we'll, I'll yeah, tell you we'll after. Miss. We'll talk later. Yeah. Well, we can we can have this discussion off air after yes. Emma has seen the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, or we can just ruin it for Emma. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's not do that. <laughs> but yeah. Um. <laughs> so I know you said that you felt like the the amount of screen time and attention to, to every character was pretty pretty level, um, pretty equal. Was there a performance that really stood out to you as amazing or not so great in this one? I Brolin is really good. I mean, you know, yeah. he's in heavy, you know, he's heavy CGI, but he's really good in this. And Thanos is, is, is a different type of villain in that there's, there's a reason why he's doing this. And he does, best way I can put it, he, he, he's a complete character. So there, he has to put a lot into this role. There's a lot of emotions he has to convey in this role. It's not all just big, giant, bad guy you know, crushing everybody. There's some reasonings behind him, what he's doing. And I just thought it was a wonderful performance. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, like, it does, there are a lot of close-ups on Thanos and, like, major props to the visual effects artists because, like, 
it looks amazing. And, like, you're always convinced that, you know, that this character is real. Like, you, a lot of times you you can't believe that it's, like, purely motion capture. And, like, you want to believe, like, oh, this is Josh Brolin under a ton of makeup or something. So, like, that paired with Brolin's performance, as Mike said, like, he is definitely the standout character. Um, but, I mean, like, everybody has their moments in the spotlight. Like, there's there's this one amazing moment with uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor that is just fantastic. And, like, even um, another one for with Spider-Man that I just absolutely loved. I mean, Elizabeth, so, like, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen has a, has a great... Uh, a couple of great moments in it, um, um, and um, well, oh, I, um, I'm trying to think of who else that I was I was thinking today. I mean, and all, all the Guardians are are a lot of fun, um, but uh, there's there's even a moment for uh, for for Chris Pratt. Um, so there's some really cool, there's some really well done stuff. They 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 play to all their strengths. Um, you know, with with uh, um, um, Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know, he's got that great comedic timing. So they use that uh, to a great deal. Um, there's a great um, there's a great thing with between him and uh, Rocket that uh, just goes on forever in the film. And it's just hilarious every time it, it happens. So um, I, 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 there wasn't a bad performance in this film. I don't think I think they're all I think they're all good. Yeah, I mean the only thing is like there's not enough of some of them. I yeah. would say like yeah. I honestly I wanted more from the uh, the Black Order than than what we got. Like I felt their mm-hmm. stuff was way too quick, especially um, Ebony Maw. Like I was really looking forward to him and Doctor Strange going kind of toe to toe because that's that's kind of a big pivotal thing in the comics. And I felt that was a little bit lacking, but um, he's a crazy—he's a really good character in the film. It's just I wanted a little bit more from it. Fair enough. Um, well, this one does have some Atlanta factors to it. It does. It was it was shot here, and it was also shot at several places I've been to in Scotland. So that's kind of exciting. I'm excited to see if I recognize those those locations too um but let's stay focused on atlanta um did you guys recognize any parts of the city um, i did the avengers headquarters which of course yeah. is the the, the porsche porsche test track and yeah. there's also they filmed one scene um downtown right by the the street outside the rialto theater there's one scene there okay. that is instantly recognizable, but a lot so. a lot of this film takes place in space, uh, on different planets, so it does. There, a lot of it doesn't take place on in you know in the United States, and if so, it's at New York. Yeah. So like, but um. Or so yeah. Scotland. Or Scotland. <laughs> or Scotland. Yeah. Like There's the Royal Mile and Inverness Castle. There's like a Waverly train station. There's a bunch of places that I've actually been in Scotland that I'm pretty excited about. Um, you actually said yeah, Scotland so. with an accent there. Scotland. 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 <laughs> my heritage. My heritage coming through. Um, but yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, so on the the official Alice scale, one to five, where did this one fall for you guys? I'm giving it like a four point seven five. Oh my god. Almost a five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like to be a little difficult. It's I not know, a perfect all these decimal it's, points. It's not a perfect film. Like I gave my complaints, you know. I wish there was more I wish there was more film, to be honest. Like they could have gone probably another hour and I would have still been entertained. But um it needed just a little bit more exposition, I felt, and um my complaint about the Black Order. But um other than that, I mean I I absolutely love this movie. I'm giving it a five. I just, I thought it was a great movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I can't wait to see the next Avengers. Um, and uh, it's it's a really cool movie. And they, the action sequences are amazing. And, they, and there's, some, there's some really cool things they have to battle, too. There's some very formidable foes that they have to battle. And uh, it's just... 
that that you know we, you see it in the you see it in the trailer but that scene where they're in uh, Wakanda and they're all the everybody's running you know to go to go meet the bad guys is such a cool scene and it's such a thrill to see all these different characters on the screen at the same time yeah and just like there are much of those little moments where like everybody's in cheering like when Captain America first shows up when like when he appears out of the shadows and stuff like everybody cheers and stuff and like there's a bunch of these little moments like that that yeah, are just what, like when, when we when we go to Wakanda there's a huge cheer yeah so it's cool. it's awesome well um the the sequel to this one is currently planned for May 3rd of 2019 so we'll see if that that date holds true it was it was May the 4th this year and we moved it up a week so I'm sure it'll hold um well cool uh that's that's all we have for this week um next week is our big 100th episode that we're gonna be doing something cool for and definitely drinking Mike don't worry we'll be drinking um but uh we're gonna do do some some fun stuff next week so it should be a comical episode we should do a clip show episode (laughs) (laughs) there's some great um moments from actually i don't even think they're published um i messed up jakai's name on the very first podcast we recorded what'd you call him i don't know i don't know what i called him um i need to go back and listen they were so bad we just didn't post them um that's that's the stuff we gotta pull from (laughs) (laughs) i need to go back and find that and then of course like when he had zach's i miss i miss said zach's name i said zach instead of zach's so there, there's been a, I don't know. I feel like there should be a, if we had the time to do it, pulling all of the mispronounced yeah. names from this podcast would be pretty amazing. I think that would be too long. That would yeah, be that nothing would but that. Take <laughs> it's just be mispronounced names the whole the whole hour. <laughs> and I am BD. <laughs> I am DB. I've 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 I got know. it now. I just like really emphasize the D every time I say it. Um, we'll um, we'll also have a review of Tully. We already reviewed Tully. We, we, already oh, reviewed we did Tully. review Tully. Didn't, okay, we won't have review Tully. <laughs> we we're reviewed not seeing, Tully last week because we're not seeing because we're not they're not showing us Overboard, which looks horrible anyway. Yeah, which is a remake of a bad movie to begin with. The only good thing that came out of Overboard, the first one, was that's where Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell first met and fell yeah. in love. I well, say we get into a spoiler discussion of Infinity War. Because Emma, Emma has already will have already it. seen it by then, <laughs> and we can go in depth about everything. No, I like this plan. Um, so yeah, stay tuned uh, for next week, and don't worry if you haven't seen Avengers. We'll we'll give you the spoiler warning before we dive into that next week. Um, but thank you guys for listening again. Please leave any comments or reviews, or you know the highest ratings you can leave us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all of those sites. Um, Again, this is the 99th episode of the Atlas Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief of Fanbolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of Shakefire.com. And Mike McKinney with last one to leave the theater.com and ATLCW.tv. And we'll see you guys next week for our big anniversary show. Woo-hoo. Let's get some drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Party animal. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>